Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts in the world. And honestly, it's all because of my incredible guests. It's not me, it's them. I am honored and blessed to share time with who are at the top of their game, and they show up on this podcast, and they are willing to help you get to where you want to be in life and in business. Now, these are not people who hold back. Their goal here, being with us here today, is to share with us the essence of peak performance. And my guest today, Lisa Mannion, is the author of the number one international best-selling book, Spiritual Sugar. That's an important title, and we'll talk about that. She is the host of the podcast, Your Message Matters, and president of Ride on Creative. She teaches, trains, and transform via her, transforms via her philosophies for marketing with integrity and methodologies about healing with love. And she pioneered the values-based challenge, solution, invitation, communication framework, and is a cancer thriver. So Lisa, welcome back to your Partner in Success Radio. It's good to have you here. And by the way, we have been connected for quite a while now, and you were here last in, I hate to even say this, 2010 and 2011. It just doesn't seem like it was that long ago, does it? Isn't that wild, Denise? It's so good to be here, and what I love about that is that we're still going strong. I know. Listen, we follow each other on social media. We chat back and forth, and when your book came out, I was like, okay, you're coming back to the show, right? Because we've talked about a lot of different things, and we've talked about you know, your business as it has grown and thrived. We've talked about you know, your messaging, but I really want to talk about your health survival and how you did it and why you're here to help other people do what you have done. Yeah, you know, it's such an interesting thing, Denise, because as you know, I did not expect my first book to be Spiritual Sugar, honestly. I thought it would be my Marketing with Integrity book. That's kind of what everyone's been waiting for. I've been working on it for a long time. I'm still still in the works. However, sometimes there's a bigger message than us that needs to come through, and I just had to follow those threads. It's an amazing book, and thank you for sending. I've got it on my desk, and yes. It's got sticky notes, colored sticky notes. They're everywhere. But because I know you and I followed you for long, for so long, this topic didn't surprise me a bit. I mean, the topic did, but how you addressed it didn't surprise me in the slightest. Thanks. I appreciate that. You know, I've always said that business is personal, so I keep it real. You know, when people interact with me, it's me. You, you get what you see. I'm, I'm very clear, very. Um, dialed into my values, very dialed into my faith, very dialed into, you know, doing things on my terms. And I think that's important. We've got to keep it real. And sometimes life will throw us some pretty serious curveballs, and it's up to us to decide how to navigate them, really. It really is. And I went back and I listened to a couple of clips of 2010 and 2011, and honestly, your business has not changed all that much. 
mean, yes, you've grown. You've, you know, you're teaching other things, but you're still, as you said, holding very true to yourself. You don't see that what a whole I lot, love. I think. What I love about that is that business evolves, right? And so while I definitely am well-versed in the four, what I call the four cornerstones or pillars of long-term business success, which is you know, messaging and content, planning and strategy, branding and image, and publicity and PR, and I can teach all of those things, what it comes down to is you know, my uh, communication framework is what I really use to approach any kind of conversation or situation in life because it's simple. Challenge, solution, invitation. You know, what's what's the challenge? What's the solution? What are we going to do about it? It's that simple. And so, you know, distilling things over the years down to, listen, this can help people really identify, um, define, or even refine their core message, which is really important because you can't do anything else without that. So now I speak on two main topics, marketing with integrity and healing with love. And it's super clear, and many people will say to me, well, Lisa, isn't that too many messages? You're, you know, you're talking about two different things. And so what? Who makes the rules? That's what I have to say about that. If it's clear, you can talk about more than one thing, but you do need to have that clear message for each of whatever it is, product, service, business, you name it. And it would be a disservice if I were to only focus on my business and not share with you know my followers and my community and really the world at large, what I did to heal myself with love because it's an important message that we all need to hear and I really, I really designed the book as a love letter to humanity. I want everyone to wake up and commit to themselves before they have a serious health crisis like I did. I mean, facing cancer is not for the faint of heart. Facing mortality absolutely changes everything. It does, and you know, I'm glad you you brought some of that up because I fully intended to toggle between the two things, and I wrote it down in my notes, toggle between, you know, what she has always done, and toggle between that and what she's doing now, without having given up given up any of your your work. I mean, you're still doing what you always did. So thank you for bringing that up because I don't want people to be confused what are we talking about here are we talking about her business are we talking about her health listen i'm going to say right now and i've said it multiple times before i don't believe that you divide yourself between your life and your business people talk about work-life balance what the heck is that we're always working we're always thinking we're always living i don't think you can divide them up you really can't. And the people that do are so compartmentalized that it comes across as disingenuous because it is. They're leaving pieces of themselves behind. And when we show up as our full selves, it gives people permission to do the same. And it really makes us more interconnected, which is, by the way, my word for the year. Interconnected? Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm writing that down. Okay, so thank you. Let's Let's start with spiritual sugar. What What is your story? Okay. Well, this is kind of an interesting journey. Um, I have always been very tapped into to source. And you can call it God. You can call it whatever you want. I'm not, honestly, I don't care, and I honestly don't think the creator cares as long as you're tapped in. But um, I was sitting in my office in 2015, and I got what I call a God nudge that said to me, you're going to write a book. It's going to be called Spiritual Sugar, and it's going to be 
about healing with love, and the message I got was to give yourself some love. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I thought to myself, okay, creator, what is up with this? You already have me working on a really big charge to teach marketing with integrity, which is almost an oxymoron in the marketing and advertising and copywriting world, quite frankly. And it's been, you know, a couple decades that I've been working on that. And I thought, what? I don't, I don't know that I'm a healed person. So I journaled about it as I do. Journaling is a big part of everything I do. And I set it aside. And then in 2017, when I was navigating the health crisis that I was in, and I didn't know yet if it was cancer or what it was, but I was just sitting in inquiry because I had had a doctor who, coincidentally, I fired, ask me if I thought I had cancer, which was the furthest thing from my mind. And also, um, I don't know, I'm pretty intuitive, but a little thing like never going to medical school really precluded me from diagnosing myself, right? I never had cancer before, not familiar with it, I don't know. So I was sitting in my office, and I just thought, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And I felt like everything was going to be okay, but I was like, well, you know, what if I'm being delusional? What if I'm just going to, like, kick it tomorrow? It's like, is this really it? Is my body giving out on me? I mean, I was 47 at the time, and I thought, I've got a lot more to live for. And when I was sitting there in that moment, I got another message that said, don't worry, you're going to heal this with love. And I thought, you know what, that's such a better alternative. It really is. It feels great to me. So I just held on to that. And then when I received the diagnosis um, and I heard those three words, I, I was prepared. I was prepared because I knew it was going to be one thing or another. And I knew that I was just going to focus on healing it with love. And most people, when they get a diagnosis, especially a cancer diagnosis, we've been programmed by society to believe that it is a death sentence. And that's not necessarily true. We can do a lot of things to course correct our health. Again, at the same time, I want to be very cautious about what I share because every person is different and every cancer is different and there are hundreds of types of cancer. And if there was a one-size-fits-all solution, there would already be a cure. Listen, I agree with you. And Anybody who knows me knows that I avoid doctors. There's a reason they call it a practice, seriously. Right. If you come into my home, I'm not joking about this. If you're sick and dying or just miserable, you're going to get cider vinegar, apple cider vinegar, comes, unbuffered aspirin, or if I'm really feeling generous, I'll share my Benadryl with you. I have to have those handy. I'm allergic to flying insects that bite me. Other than that, I, I just don't. I'm healthy. I, as far as I'm concerned, I am healthy. I'm staying healthy, and I don't invite all that garbage into me by thinking about it. I don't know if it works or not, but it's working for me right now. I think it does. Mindset is a big, a big part of it. I'm actually glad you brought that up because you know you've heard of nocebos, or pardon me, placebos, right? Well, there's something called a nocebo as well, right? A placebo is often where sometimes you know they'll do. Um, They'll do pharmaceutical studies where they give people a sugar pill and they give them this, you know, whatever drug they're testing. And oftentimes the placebo group has just as good of results, if not better, than the people because who they take have the faith. actual. Yeah, because they, they believe, believe that right? it's going to help. Yes. On the flip side, you know, what you were talking about mindset, and you don't give that headspace, which is brilliant. And yes, it does work because there's also something that I learned about throughout my whole journey called a nocebo, and it's basically when you receive an expiration date. You know, you go to the doctor and they say, oh my gosh, you've only got 10 days to live. That's an exaggeration. But um, 
And it's been proven that when people believe that because they give their power away to doctors and other people that oftentimes their brain and their body will shut down in that prescribed amount of time, right? So there have been studies that have been done where people have been actually misdiagnosed, were not even sick, were given that death sentence, so to speak, like you only have this long to live, and they died because they believed it was true. So that's an illustration of the power of the mind. And you could Google it and look it up. There's studies. There's some studies on even PubMed about it. It's pretty wild when you look at how powerful our thoughts are. Listen, I cannot agree with you enough. I mean, truly, I can't. We are what we think. We are what we drink. We are what we eat. And if you mess up all of those on a regular basis, you're going to be fat, sick, and ugly. (laughs) That's a weird way to put it, but you're going to be miserable. No, it's true. And speaking of that, I mean, realistically, I thought I was pretty healthy. I really did. You know, I was, um, you know, I thought I was. But the truth of the matter was, at the time I received the diagnosis, I was technically obese. So for my 5'7 frame, I was up to 189 pounds. Now I carried it well. But at the same time, I I was sick and didn't realize it. I mean, I kind of felt it and and intuitively knew something was off, but I had no idea exactly the the extent of it, right? So you're right about how we fuel our body, how we fuel our mind, how we fuel everything. We have to fortify ourselves with the right ingredients to be healthy. So I turned everything around. I started eating just pure food, you know, eliminating processed food. If there's anything on a package that you can't pronounce, I can assure you it's not good for you. And water, don't even get me started on that. You want to have a filtration system. You want to be drinking pure water. The bottled water in plastic bottles has been sitting for sometimes years, and it's seeping that plastic into the water that you then ingest into your body. And you can't tell me that that doesn't have negative impacts on our health. I know that it does. There's studies out there about all of that as well. So on my journey, I had to really do a lot of course correction, and I just started juicing, drinking pure filtered water. I eliminated sugar. I quit my four favorite food groups that aren't really food groups, coffee, wine, chocolate, and cheese, all at once, cold turkey. I thought that alone would kill me. It didn't, thankfully. But... The fact of the matter is by making all those changes and by eliminating any processed sugar as well, I released over 40 pounds within a year. And people say to me, wow, Lisa, you got sick, so you lost a bunch of weight. And I said, no, I got healthy. I started walking and eating right and and really fortifying myself with what it needed because it was honestly life or death. And most of us don't realize that that's so true. So many of us are in front of our computers all the time. And sitting yep, there is not me. good for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've trained myself to be a jack-in-the-box because I find my – you know, I'm a web developer. I'm in front of code all the time. I'm building something. I'm very creative, and I love the Internet. It was made for me. God made it for me. I share it with you all, but it's mine. Just take care <laughs> of it. <laughs> and honestly, I've had to train myself – and I drink a ton of water. I'm glad you said that because I don't drink coffee I have tea in front of me right now, but um, I don't like coffee. I love the smell, can't stand the taste, and it just destroys my gut. I mean, it's like, oh, it'll tear my stomach up and nothing flat. That's a complete aside. But It was a hard thing for me, Denise. Really? The release I just, caffeine. 
Mm-hmm. I've, and I wanted to ask you about cheese too. Now I lost my train of thought. Where, where was I going? Oh, with sorry. This? You were, you were talking about you, you can't eat, you can't do the coffee because it really um, you don't drink. You started drinking more water because you can't even do coffee and you keep yourself very yeah, well I drink hydrated. A yeah, ton of water. But I get when I really have lost my train of thought because I'm thinking ahead and think. Oh, you know, I want to know this, and I've got questions. We may have to get you to come back to keep sharing this story because I find it fascinating. If you don't mind, share what kind of cancer you had and what your doctors were saying, and then let's go into how you decided to work with the doctors but really take control. Sure. So I was it was throat cancer, which is always interesting, especially for someone that helps others, you know, find their voice and share their message. Found that kind of ironic. Um, and it was a squamous cell carcinoma. So it was a pretty rapid-growing tumor in my throat. It was actually cutting off my airway, and the initial doctor that I went to told me that I had an abscess tooth, and I knew that wasn't true. Not that I've ever had an abscess tooth. I just intuitively knew. And I was really frustrated because I kept having all of these symptoms, and I would share the symptoms with her, and then she would say, well, let's get you some acid reflux medicine, or let's do this. I'm like, no, I want to know the underlying cause. There's something big going on here. I'm not just going to mask it with medicine. And the other thing is all of the doctors were blown away that I do not take any prescription medicine. They were wanting to give me prescriptions. Oh, we could help with that. I'm sorry, no. That's not what I want to do. I'm I'm okay. I just want to get healthy, right? So, you know, there's many different avenues that you can take when you have cancer. And the go-to resources are chemo and radiation and surgery. And I just knew intuitively that chemo and radiation were not for me. I did a lot of research. I watched a documentary called The Truth About Cancer. I read a book that I love that was one of my healing Bibles by Dr. Kelly Turner called Radical Remission. I mention it in my book. And, in fact, she's going to give me a shout-out about my book and her newsletter coming up, which is really cool. She's done amazing work. And I just learned what I needed to do to take care of me and to use some natural remedies and some non-traditional modalities to course-correct my health. Now, I did choose to have surgery. Um, it was an interesting It was an interesting journey. I had my biopsy and... Um, the ENT that I was seeing, um, he was able to remove the majority of that. And then I just did a bunch of cleansing. I did a bunch of woo-woo energy work. I did some timeline therapy work. And I set a really clear intention that when I went in to have my PET scan, that everything would be clear. And interestingly enough, it was. And the doctors had never seen that before. And they were really curious about that. They were curious about what I did. And at that moment, I had a a choice point. You know, I I kind of knew intuitively that it was all gone and I was clear and I was leaning into my faith. And at the same time, having conversations with my ENT, who was the one that was in there, went into my throat and pulled out that big tumor that was the size of a walnut. Um, He said to me, you know, Lisa, We've never seen anything like this before. Yes, your scan came back completely clean, but I'm the one that was in there, and I did not remove the margins. And if it were me, I would I would at least do the transoral robotic surgery and remove 
the margins. And the margins is like a, a small amount around the area where the tumor was just to ensure that there aren't any cancer cells still there. So I had to really meditate and pray on that big time. And I asked him some very specific questions, and I wanted to know if it were his wife or his daughter or his child, if he would recommend the same thing, and he said he would. And I asked that specifically because I, I think sometimes we want to humanize what's going on. You know, doctors stay in their lane. They have a job to do. And not all people are good people. I'm just going to leave it at that, Right. So you just want to you want to dig in, you want to question everything, and luckily I had a really great team. Once I fired the other doctor that was misdiagnosing me, so um, I did the transoral robotic surgery, and I also they were recommending a, a neck dissection, and what that is is they cut into your neck and they pull out some lymph nodes to make sure that the cancer hasn't permeated into the lymph nodes, you know, jumped the, the blood-brain barrier and, and rolled into other parts of the body. And now that one I didn't really want to do either, but it was a 60-40 split of whether um, it was clear or not. And I didn't want to live with that um, inquiry and unknowing for the rest of my life. I'm like, okay, you know what, I'm going to be under anyway, and that's a big risk because when you go under anesthesia, maybe you'll come out, maybe you won't, who knows. And then, you know, there's the whole risk of surgery in general. So I had two major surgeries on that day. And I was in the hospital for six days on a feeding tube. And this was another thing that was very interesting because I had eliminated all processed sugar. And I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to take the feeding tube um, gunk, I call it. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's chock full of sugar and all kinds of things in the hospital, and I had found one that was all natural, but they wouldn't let me do it because insurance didn't cover it. And I said, well, I'd pay it for myself, but there were, you know, there's all kinds of red tape in the hospital. So I'm in the hospital. I have a feeding tube, which I'm not happy about because these things just creep me out in general. And they're telling me I'm going to go home with a feeding tube. And I'm like, oh, no, no way, I am not. And then they're also confused as to why my blood sugar keeps spiking. And so here I am on these um, massive narcotic pain pills, and I'm telling the doctors why and the nurses why my blood sugar is spiking because they're pumping me full of sugar. My body was rejecting it. it; it didn't like it. So it was an interesting it was an interesting journey. And by the way, I did not go home with a feeding tube. I purposely made sure that I could eat because there was no way I was going to be feeding myself through a feeding tube. I'm like, that's not happening. So. I think one of the takeaways from all of this is you really do need to trust your intuition. Absolutely talk to your doctors, but know that they stay in their lane. Know that they don't know anything about nutrition, really. They get maybe one to two weeks of nutritional training. That's not where their training comes from. And if you dig in and you do research as to who funds a lot of the curriculum and training for doctors, I think you'll be pretty surprised. I'm not going to get too far into that because I'd I'm going to go planet. with the pharmaceutical companies. Is that correct? <laughs> I think you might be on to something. Okay. You know, talking about this, I mean, I'm just having flashbacks. I had a hysterectomy when I was pretty young. It was either that or bleed to death, literally. I was rushed to the hospital because I was bleeding to death. And I had to have the surgery, and they cut out all kinds of, you know, weird tumors and even cut into my bladder because they had grown into there. And I remember my surgeon sitting on the side of my bed when I finally woke up, and he said, 
how do you feel? And I said, you know, you can't talk after surgery. You're just dry and dusty. <laughs> You're worn out. And right. he said, do you want to know if you have cancer or not? I said, no, I'm not worried about it. He said, well, you don't. And I said, I know. It never even occurred to me. And I think you're talking about intuition. I knew that wasn't the problem. I knew I had big problems in my uterus, but cancer never occurred. It just didn't. Right. So I didn't have it. Well, it it didn't occur to me either, although it it, it did turn out that that's what I had. And you know what's crazy, too, is that, you know, cancer's becoming normal, and that's really not normal. You know what I'm saying? No, it's not. People will have cancer in this lifetime. Like in this conversation, it was me. But I've had so many friends over the past several years who have also received diagnosis, and and thankfully they're okay. And some have chosen to go the non-traditional um, route like I did. I mean, of course, I did surgery, but I supplemented with other modalities, with eating real food, right? And some some of my friends have gone straight Western medicine and done some chemo and radiation, and they're all right. Um, now, I don't know how they're going to do with the after effects of all of that, has yet to be seen, but they're here, and they it was their choice, and we've got to honor the choices that people make. Because I'm not saying that these traditional things cannot work. I'm just saying this was the path that I chose to take for me, and so many people ask me, well, Lisa, what is the recipe? What did you do to heal? And I said, I can share with you the divine ingredients to heal yourself with love. You've got to make your own recipe because, first of all, not a doctor, and second of all, you've got to own your own health. You've got to commit right. to yourself, period. And, right. and and you can't give your power away, even to doctors. I really recommend that you question everything, even when talking to your doctors. Now, you don't have to be disrespectful about it, but you do need to be educated. Listen, I agree. And having this conversation with you now, and I was, you know, going back and looking at the conversations that we'd had in the past, and it occurred to me that there was conversation, this is probably 10 years ago on this podcast, we're better, but there was a conversation I had with somebody who literally healed himself from a cancer scare, I believe it was. Again, it's been a long time ago. But he healed himself with what he called extreme gratitude. It was part of his protocol. Yeah. Well, the vibration of love and gratitude are very positive, right? They uplift. When we roll into the fear and doubt and negativity, that shrinks us. It doesn't feel good. So imagine it's not going to impact your cells in a positive way. It just simply isn't. So we have to stay in that elevated sense of, of being. And I love that. And listen, you talk about, I think it's God downloads, and I talk about God winks. When I get a God wink, and I get them multiple times a day, I will lift my hands from that keyboard and act on them. Because it's not a suggestion. So, hey, Denise, hello, pay attention, and I pay attention. Well, it's so true. So I call them either God nudges or divine downloads. And, and There you go. I couldn't remember enough, what it was. Yeah, no, that's okay. But interestingly enough, when I was sitting in my office and I got that second message that said, don't worry, you will heal this with love, that's when my mind was reminded of the journal entry from two years ago or, you know, two years prior to that about the book. So I went and dug through my journals, pulled it out, and I hadn't burnt that one, and um, (laughs) pulled it out, took a look at it, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And at that moment, I bought the domain name spiritualsugar.com, and I started 
chronicling and journaling everything, knowing that because this was given to me from source, that this is why it was given to me two years prior. I was I ignored that God nudge, and I was shaken into something pretty extreme. And that's why I tell people you've got to trust your intuition, listen to those divine downloads and those God nudges. And it was really fascinating because after I went through all of this, I uh, went to a local um, Conversations with God presentation that Neil Donald Walsh was doing here in Ashland. He lives in Ashland as well. And I was really curious because I know he he does his downloads and channels and has his own conversation with God, and he refuses to have these conversations with God for anyone else. People will ask him, and he'll say, no, you have to have your own you know, connection. And I've always been impressed by that. But I wanted to ask him about these messages because, you know, sometimes it's it's kind of interesting to be communicated with and to wonder, are we on the right track or what's going on? And so I was able to share with him in that group that, you know, a little bit about the story and that I had gotten the fine download and then two years later I was received a diagnosis for cancer and that I healed it with love. And, and I just said, you know, do you have to go through these big initiatives to do this kind of work? And he just laughed, just this knowing smile, and he said, no, Lisa, some people just need to be hit upside the head with the proverbial two-by-four. <laughs> And I read his, he, was, he wrote the afterword for your book. So anybody who grabs his book, yeah. and I suggest you do, go to page 194. Yeah, he did. And it was, I mean, that made me cry when I read it. He's just such a such a great guy. And, um, you know, his, his teachings are really fascinating. And it was really nice to have that conversation with him. And it was at that, it was at that meeting where I said to him, I went up and I told him what the name was, said it was Spiritual Sugar. And he goes, wow, that's a great name. I said, it was given to me. He said, the best ones are. And I said, I know. And so he wanted to make sure that I had it, you know, was working on the trademark and the URL and all that. And I told him I was. And that's when I asked him right there on the spot, well, when I'm done with the book, would you consider, you know, being a part of that? Would you consider looking at it and, and doing the forward or the afterward or something like that? And and he said, sure, he would. And so we had conversations about it. And I just ended up really being blessed to have these two incredible bookends as a forward from Dr. Joe Vitale and an afterword from Neil Donald Walsh. And what I think is fascinating is they were both in the movie The Secret and years and years and years ago when I first watched The Secret and I learned that there was something called the law of attraction, I was amazed because I was doing this intuitively all along and I didn't even know there was a name for it. You and me both. I watched it and went, well, yeah. I was kind of snotty know, about right? it. We're like, oh, this, yeah. this is a thing. It's not just like it's, me. <laughs> just, what do you mean people don't know about this? Come on. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I watch the same thing with, you know, and I would talk with people who would say, I don't get it. You will. Just pay attention to what's going on internally, what's going on with your life. Get in touch with yourself. Pay attention to your God winks. Pay attention to how your body feels. Don't try to split business and life and work-life balance. It's never going to happen. I've been saying this for decades. You are who you are. You need to be who you are every moment of every day. It's so true, you know, and and for for a very long time, you know, society and, and so many other entities have programmed us to, to shrink and to not be who we are and, 
you know, I used to work in corporate back in the day, and you know, there was there was a uh, it, we were encouraged to you know, it, you know, it's just business, it's not personal. But the fact of the matter is, it's all personal. Oh, it's definitely. It, it can't not be. No, it, it cannot. And I'm glad to see more and more people are recognizing that that as we walk our walk, we're either walking towards health, spirituality, whatever you want to call it. I don't go to church. I don't, you know, I'm I'm a complete and total introvert. More than three people is too peoply for me. Plus, I don't like right, being yelled from a pulpit. Not going to happen. So, but that doesn't mean I don't have some very deep spiritual beliefs, and I count on those to get me through every single day. Well, I think it's important, you know, and same with me. I'm not. I'm not um, a person that's comfortable in organized religion settings. I'm just not. Um, I have nothing against it at all. It's just not where I fill up my connection with source. And so many people have asked me, well, you know, this whole thing, spiritual sugar, you know, what what about God? I'm like, listen, God is not really judging you the way you think he might be, if he is a he, because I don't really even know. But what I do know is there's something much bigger than us, right? And for me, I prefer to keep my spiritual practices and not be tied to one specific religion. Now, I think there's incredible things that we can learn from every religion, but there's no end-all, be-all, absolute right answer. You've got to find the truth for yourself. And one of the other God nudges that I received in this whole process of writing the book was really interesting because I got the message that humanity has really just lost faith, right? And why not? It's been crazy. I understand. I mean, the past three years in particular have just been nuts. At the same time, the message I got was, Lisa, bring people home to themselves, lead them back to nature, because when they have lost faith and they spend time in nature and look around, there is no denying that there is something bigger than us. Now, whatever that is, you define it any way that you want. I'm not going to judge. I think that we just all have to have some faith in something bigger than us, period. I love that you said that about nature. Last weekend... I decided it was cold, it was rainy. I just had a big, giant case of the I don't want it. I was whining. I live alone. I got sick of my whining. I really did. <laughs> so I spent the day tucked up in my bed with, you know, a layers of blankets. My cats were there with me. I had both of my Kindles with me. And I opened up the windows. It was cold, but I had fresh air coming in. And I would get into and I had a ball. I mean, I kept looking around my bedroom going, you know, I don't spend enough time in here. I wander through, I wander back out, I come in here, I go to bed. It's a beautiful room. Why aren't I in here more? That's just my internal musing. But this is what I was thinking when you were talking about you know, nature. I have rose trees or you know, big rose trees that kind of brush against my windows. And I spent part of my day, I kid you not, watching the leaves unfurl on this one branch and taking pictures, because it would start out as a tight little green bud. And by the end of the day, it was kind of a reddish leaf. It was fascinating to watch. It is, and you know, there's such healing power in nature, and I talk about that in the spiritual tools section of the Spiritual Sugar book, right? There's a lot of things that we can do, and there are some new buzzwords for spending time in nature, like, you know, grounding and earthing, which is a fancy 
way of saying take your shoes off and walk on the earth. But, uh, oh, I do that every single day. Mud. Listen, a, I'm in the deep south. We have two seasons, <laughs> hot and hotter than hell. The mud season encompasses the entire year. It just we get a lot of rain. And I walk outside, I kick my shoes off, and I dig my – it doesn't matter if it's muddy, and it's very muddy right now. I, I was out there this morning with the dog, kicked off my shoes, got underneath my pecan trees, and dug into that mud. I have to do it. It's mandatory. Well, it, it recharges us, and people think that this is kind of woo-woo weird stuff. It's not. It's scientific. I mean, do some quantum physics studies just for fun. I mean, really, not that everyone wants to do that just for fun, but I do. And I think it's fascinating, and you learn about the circadian rhythm. You you learn about it being, you know, all of that. You learn about the Schumann resonancy that is the heartbeat of the earth, and it's all interconnected. And if we're disconnected from the earth, which unfortunately so many people are, and I feel sorry for the people that are only walking on sidewalks and don't have patches of grass or parks to put their feet in and spend time because we were not designed to live the way many of us are living. You know, we just weren't. And I'm not, I don't know, I don't, I don't have the answer, but what I do know is I need to be in nature. I need to be somewhere where there's lots of nature. I need to be somewhere where there's sunshine. Where I live, there's over 300 days of sunshine. It does get cold here, but at least I can see those blue skies because when it's gray, boy, that, I probably need one of those mood lamps or something. That's why I wound up in my bedroom. That It was, it was a Saturday, and I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Do I want to keep doing that? No, but it was a vacation of sorts for me. I really enjoyed it. Let's go to spiritual tools those are in section two of this book yeah you've got a whole but i mean you've got a huge list of spiritual tools so let's start i do and, and like i said we all, we so may have know. to <laughs> <laughs> we may have to get you to come back we're probably not going to get all the way through them but touch on the ones that you think are the most important to at least start out with yeah you know there are just so many but for me obviously um, the first thing is is prayer, for sure. Being really tapped in to yourself and your intuition, huge. Um, and exercising. I mean, these are simple things, but they're so important. But that alignment, that real alignment with who you are and your own inner truth is vital. And I can't stress that enough. And, of course, you know, I mentioned drinking pure water, juicing, journaling, all these things that I do on a regular basis, and then we get into some of the things that are a little less traditional and familiar for many, like sound healing. That regenerates your cells and is so, so soothing and so relaxing. I would not have gotten through everything that I went through without that, and I have multiple friends who are amazing sound healing practitioners, and I go to singing bowl sessions still to this day. Music is even a healing modality. I mean, you just, what are you listening to and how is it making you feel? There's acupuncture and acupressure. I did acupuncture. I'm not a fan of needles, but honestly, that ancient Chinese medicine helps. I'm not kidding. It's weird, I know, but it's true. And simple things like hugs. You know, not all of these things cost money, but we are lacking uh, in hugs in general, especially if we're introverted. And I am talking to you. <laughs> We're not getting enough hugs, I have you know? cats. They hug. They hug Okay, that's good. That's good. I think I think that works. So there's just so many things. I mean, there, there's hypnotherapy. When done right, that's great. There's, you know, 
scalar energy and there's chakra clearings and there's tapping and there's all of these things that you can do, theta healing, which is really relaxing as well. So there's a lot of inner work. There's a lot of spiritual tools that you can pull from to create your own spiritual practice. And I wanted to list all of those out and have this as sort of a reference guide because so many people aren't even familiar with a lot of these modalities. And again, there are things that we can do that are natural, that will definitely improve our health and help us tap into ourselves. And in in doing so, we can create more wealth because if we're not actually anchored in to who we are and our health, you know, honestly, the wealth will, will suffer. And I found that yeah, out yeah. firsthand because I want to just touch on this for a brief moment because it's a really important piece of this. When we're faced with an emergency, you know, often we're told that we're supposed to have that three-month cushion for an emergency. And I'm here to tell you that that does not scratch the surface of a true emergency. And especially when the things that were covered by health insurance I am grateful for, you know, surgery, the things that I needed to do that were traditional Western medicine, great. Everything else that I did was not covered. And that means, you know, changing everything that I was eating and eating organic, which is not as expensive as you would think. If you start actually looking at the fact that you're eating real food, it, the the payoff is, I think, you know, far worth it. But I uh, did all of these things that I, that I had to do just to course correct. And I think that we have to look at what's in our best interest. And again, it just goes back to committing to yourself and getting out of autopilot, period, and realizing like, okay, it's going to cost more to take care of ourselves, but do you want to live or do you want to die? And you hear that a lot with people who desperately need to lose weight. I'm not talking 10 or 15 pounds. I'm talking, you know, 100 or more pounds that say, oh, I've got to lose 50 pounds in six months because I'm going to a wedding. And my initial kind of snotty reaction to that is, how long did it take you to get there? You really well, think you're going to yeah. reverse all of this in six months? No. You've got to take better care of yourself. Unfortunately, society has, is set up to make us sick. That's that's the sad thing. Oh, I believe that. Don't realize that the food that they're eating is actually not good for you. And if you look at the ingredients, honestly, read the ingredients on a box of anything. And if you can't pronounce something, and I've already said this, but I'm going to say it again, you probably shouldn't be eating it. And kind of going back to the wealth piece, if you're not set up, you know, to have that cushion, or even if you do have the cushion, you're going to blow through it pretty quick if something like this happens. So why not just start course correcting now, eating well, exercising, taking good care of yourself? And I get it. I get it can be hard. I understand. I went through it all. And I still have to remind myself to get out and walk and and move and do all of these things because it's hard to stay on course when society is designed to knock us off course. I love what you're saying about the ingredients because I have often said when you go into the grocery store and you leave the produce, excuse me, I need to call the produce section and you head on over to where all of the canned and boxed goods are, I've noticed this, 
the prettier the package is, the less nutrition it's going to have. You might as well just lick the package. That's all the nutrition you're going to get. Right, and the FDA approves food that isn't even food. It, oh, I, I know. Mean, it, someone needs to explain that to me because I still do not understand. Well, government agencies, and let's not go down that path, but right. I have little <laughs> to no faith in any of them. But, you know, you're right when you talk about eating fresher foods. Even if you can't afford organic, eat fresh bell peppers, eat salads. They're delicious. I've had somebody say, I can't stand salad. Really? You know, what are you putting in it? Well, lettuce. What else? Well, lettuce. Well, lettuce doesn't have any real taste. You might want to add some other items. But yeah, it, it, it depends is. on the kind of lettuce, but I, I recommend that people go to their local farmer's market if they have Farmer's them. market, right. That's exactly right. And around here where I live, we have a lot of those, and we have a lot of farmers. So you can just walk up to their, their street-side little, con- not container, but their little market stall and just buy what you right. including eggs, including eggs. So, you know, do what you have to do. Okay, I wanted to ask you, like, just where did it go? Um, I've got so many sticky notes on here. I'm so sorry. Okay, alignment of your internal trinity. Let's talk about that. Yes, sure. So, um, again, this goes back to my faith, and I have I have a dear friend and a spiritual teacher who I learned this from. Her name's Kelly Eli, and I know you know her as well. Actually, it's Kelly Phillips now. Sorry, we've known each other for a very long time. So <laughs> we're very dear friends. Listen, when my brother yeah, was and passing, I adore her. She walked so, me through it. She did. Yeah, so she actually has a a blue grid meditation that I use on a regular basis that helps me align my internal trinity. And this is different than the Holy Trinity, and so I think that's really important for people to understand. And it's where you connect your higher self and your basic self and your conscious self. So it's these three parts of us that need to really work together in order for us to have true discernment. At least that's the way that I explain it. And, of course, I had her review what I wrote in the book to make sure it was true. And I had to get a quote from her directly because I was trying to find a quote to include about the internal trinity. And it was all about the holy trinity, which is a totally different thing, related but totally different. So um, she said the objective is not to chase the higher self, but rather allow it to come through the mind, that's your conscious mind, and the body, your basic self. So... It's it's really, again, it's a matter of finding the tools that work for you. So her Blue Grid meditation helps you bring all of this into alignment. So these three parts are of your psyche are aligned and playing nice with one another. Um, and I like to liken the basic self as kind of like a three-year-old that when it gets unruly and isn't really connected with your higher self and your conscious self can kind of be driving the bus in the wrong direction. <laughs> And see, I'm I'm ruder about that. When I call my basic self, well, you little snot. I mean, I'm not, it's well, not even true. an unruly child. It's like, well, you little bitch. And I've actually said that to myself. <laughs> so, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so that's, that's definitely um, one of my go-to tools. And, you know, she's been very instrumental in teaching me a lot of different things that I didn't know about. And, again, I go back to... No one um, methodology or or religion or spiritual belief is right for everyone. So I like I'm an equal opportunity student. I like to learn things and I take what works for me. 
and I release what doesn't. And I said this also in the book that not all spiritual things are holy. We also want to maintain our energy, and one of the ways to do that is by aligning your internal trinity because there are good energy and bad energy, both, right? And I prefer to be pristine in my energy. I'm very um, particular about who I let in. I, I have a sacred sphere of influence. I'm, you know, especially after facing mortality, it's important to maintain that energetic integrity. It's important to make sure that we're surrounding ourselves with people that uplift us. Um, we don't want to be surrounded by frenemies and all of these, you know, people with other agendas or whatever it might be. And not everybody who claims to be a healer is on the right path either. You know, I've learned that. You know, healers really don't heal you. You have to learn to heal yourself. If you're giving your power away to a healer, they can facilitate healing, sure. But if you're expecting them to do the healing for you, right then you've given your power away and probably you're not going to get the results you hope for. Absolutely. Going back to Kelly, I I am very protective of my privacy. As an introvert, I've always been that way. But I don't give out my cell phone number. There are maybe seven people in the world who have it. There were eight. My brother passed away. Kelly's one of those people. Yes, she's got mine. Yeah, one of the yeah very <laughs> rare people. <laughs> but I and I have to give myself a pat on the head. I built her website just so everybody knows. I'm very proud of that website. I think it's gorgeous. Yeah, she's she's just she's a gem. She's a true gem. And we've been friends. Well, gosh, we all go back for a long long time, which I think is beautiful. We do right? because here we, we are. Do. We're all still doing our thing, and it's evolving and in beautiful ways and um, you know Kelly does offer alignment sessions as well I've done many of them with her and she's one of the few people that I trust in my field mm-hmm. you and me but tapping I have tried I'm just going down your list you've got this massive yeah, sure. list a lot of it I've done a lot of it I've some of it I've tried tapping I just never got it what am I missing there well, I've tried. I've, you know, I really have tried. But you know what I didn't like? I'll be very frank about it. The The way I was taught tapping was that you have to say whatever is negative and you have to repeat that. I'm like, well, why am I putting that back in there? It doesn't make a lick of sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm a rule breaker, so I don't necessarily follow the traditional tapping structure in that way. Um, but I think it's okay to acknowledge something is it is wrong to release it, right? It's That's the whole premise of it. It's not that you're anchoring it in. It's that you're releasing it. And so sometimes it is all right to focus on that whatever, you know, that thing that you're feeling that's bothering you, you know, if someone, you're dynamic with someone else or whatever it might be. Um, So I don't do this on a regular basis. I do it sometimes when I'm feeling a little out of sorts or like there's something that I need to release. It was interesting when I was doing the research for the book, I spoke to someone, I can't remember who it was or I would tell you, who said they were not a big fan of tapping because they felt that it was kind of, they called it pseudoscience and that it was more of a placebo than anything else. I'm like, well, that could be. And even if that's true, great, because placebos do work. So there's different thoughts about it. You know, it's, it's totally what you want to release, what you're ready to receive and do it on your own terms. I think that we can modify any of these modalities to work for us, quite frankly. And see, that makes sense. So I did, I'm a 
not a rule follower. I argue with my NAF system. She is not the boss of me. But I did try to do it the way, you know, because I bought it. I bought the, the program. I bought the book. I bought the videos. So I thought, well, I've spent this money. I might as well do it their way. And it did not work for me. So I'm going to go back. To, I still have it. I'm going to go well, back and kind I love of about do that. it so feels it, better. It might not. Like, not everything works for everyone. That's why I can't give people a specific recipe to heal themselves with love. They've got to figure out their own ingredients, right? So, right. Well, well I'm just fascinated by the whole thing. It just doesn't totally. work for me. Yeah, and I've tried all of these, and some of them I like more than others. Some of them are a regular part of my routine. Some of them I tried, and I found fascinating, and they were helpful. And I, I just want people to be aware of them and, you know, do your own due diligence. Don't take my word for it. Try it. See if it works. So, right. Denise, you don't love tapping? That's okay. If it doesn't no. work for you, it doesn't work for you. You know, I've had I've had some experiences with, you know, different um, healers and such where um, they wanted me to see things I didn't see or believe things I didn't believe. And I'm like, yeah, no, that doesn't work for me. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we get along so well. Okay, cord cutting. Let's talk about that. Oh, that okay, I find sure. fascinating. Well, it is fascinating. So, you know, everything, if we're going back to quantum physics and things like that, everything is energy. Everything. And so as such, um, we have the ability through the chakra system, or so it's said, and again, I'm not an expert, I'm just saying what I've learned, um, where we can be... um, courted by others and not everybody has a good intention with that and oftentimes what happens is energetically you will feel the pull of something you'll feel off and you'll know it's it's kind of like it's kind of like muscle testing in a sense when you you just tap into yourself and you feel is this right for me or is this not right for me right or is this mine or is this someone else's and so for me I've found that I've had to to cut cords a lot because for empaths which I happen to be most people don't know that because they see me in business and they're like wow she's pretty serious and gets stuff done true but at the same time have to manage another thing we all have in common you me and Callie totally so I'm an empath and and I take things on sometimes and, and when we're not we're not maintaining our energetic integrity doing you know um things like the blue grid meditation or any other kind of prayer to manage our energy, then people can court us on specific chakras too. And I've I've actually been courted by um, people I thought I could trust and found out I couldn't because they wanted to take my light and energy. And I know it sounds a little weird, a little woo-woo, but it's a, it's a thing. So just think about it, have an open mind, and if you've never heard of any of this before, research it and I also included a cord cutting prayer that I often use when I feel like something wonky is going on and I found that I had to stop seeing specific healers because as as opposed to them helping they were actually taking my light and courting me is that the one from Victoria White the prayer Um, I don't know cord cutting prayer um, um, no, well, that's... It's in your book, when it comes to yeah, soul that ties. Yeah, that she didn't write the cord-cutting prayer. I wrote that. She just used oh. quote, so... But she okay, is gotcha. someone who writes about it, yeah. 
Well, that makes so the sense. Quotes, the quotes in each section for each of the spiritual tools doesn't necessarily mean that that person wrote it. It just means that that's, that's a quote that supports what I'm writing about. Mm-hmm. And they well, say something, this, yeah. Right. On, on this same page, I'm on which, one page 123. I can't even talk. I've got so many questions. My brain is just going, zit, zit. and it's your fault. I blame you. Okay, it's so okay. I'll take, talk- I'll take the blame. <laughs> We're talking, you're talking about, it says similar to speaking things out of or into existence. Listen, I speak out loud all the time. Yes. My cats don't even raise a head anymore like, eh, what's she talking about now? But if I'm thinking it in my head, this has been my experience if I'm thinking it in my head, as we all know, we have dozens, hundreds, thousands of competing thoughts flashing through our brain every second. I mean, it's just, it's horrible what goes on in our, our brains. But if you stop and speak whatever it is that you really want to get clarity on or ask for help from, from your spiritual guides from wherever, you have to stop and speak it out loud because you can only say one thing at a time. You can think hundreds right. of things at a time. So I'm frequently catch myself talking to my cupboards or the tree or looking up at the ceiling fan and going, hey, can anybody hear me out there? And it works. It works for me. Yeah, you know, I I live by myself, so I'm constantly talking to myself. And I speak things into existence. I think I speak things out of existence. I write things into existence. I'm a big um, proponent of manifesting what me too. we desire. You know, it's... Right. it's it's again it's all about energy, right? And where we put our attention. That's well, where the energy goes. It it really is. And we are as as you said, we are nothing but energy people. So oh, I need to make more money. Well that's an energy. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to energize that new client or that new book or how, what are you going to do to get it there? It's it's really how you're thinking. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And that's why I am delighted to sprinkle a little spiritual sugar throughout the world with this book because this truly is my gift to humanity. It was my agreement with the Creator. I actually had a very deep conversation with the Creator when I was sitting there and I was like, oh my gosh, I have cancer. Whoa, am I going to die? Okay, well, if I am, I I have this full surrender. I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm happy. Thank you, God, for life. I'm very happy for everything that I've experienced. There were only a few things that I hadn't done yet. Of course, meeting my soul partner. I don't know where he is yet. He eventually will find me. Um, Seeing the rainforest, writing my books, going to Italy. So I've done two out of those four things. Haven't haven't met the guy yet. Eventually I will, but it's not high on my radar. I'm waiting for (laughs) maybe I'll never leave my house. It might not happen. I don't know. And then um, Italy, that's on my list. But other than that, I'd lived a really full life. I tend to live my bucket list as I go along. But I did say to the creator, look, I, if this is it, thanks, and I'm okay, and, you know, peace out, this is it. But if it isn't, I think we've got more work to do, and you show me what that is. And I had already right. been two years prior to diagnosis what it was, so it it felt like the right thing to get the book done last year when it was my five-year anniversary of being all clear, and it was time. Humanity needs this. After these past mm-hmm. few years that we've all went through, I hope that this, just inspires people to commit to themselves and to really look at how they can think positively, improve their lives, and make the world a better place by doing their small part and taking care of themselves. 
Well, it's an amazing story and an amazing journey, and I wish everybody who hears this, I hope that everybody who hears this today down the road a year from now gets that book. Right now you can grab it on Amazon. If you have Kindle Unlimited, you can download it and read it today. I mean, it's it's out there. Listen, I really do want you to come back because we've covered some of this. We haven't covered everything, I don't think. But if you feel like coming back, you just let me know. I would love to have I you. I would love to come back. I could talk about this all day. I'm so happy. And honestly, it's making me so excited that so far all the reviews on Amazon are five-star. But read the book, and if you don't like it, rate me. Let's check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I need to write your review, too. And I was going to this weekend, but I was so busy scribbling on my notepad going, oh, I have to ask her, I have to ask her this. This has been a really exciting conversation for me, and it's there's so many things, and we didn't even really talk about your other business right on Creative, where you can take the messenger quiz, and we'll talk about that again. But yeah. anyway, bef- before I let you go, is there anything else you want to share with the audience? You know, just read the book. It's my love letter to humanity. I would love to hear your thoughts. I do read all the reviews personally. When you go to spiritualsugar.com, you can sign up to get updates, which is important because when people buy the book on Amazon, I have no idea if you bought it unless you uh, leave a review, and you'll have no idea what I'm doing unless you opt in to receive messages from me on spiritualsugar.com. Okay, great. Where can people find you? Is You have two websites, so it's share true. them they both if you would. Yeah, yeah, spiritualsugar.com or writeoncreative.com, and you are correct. I've got the messenger quiz there that leads people through my proprietary values-based challenge, solution, and invitation framework, helps them dial in their core message, create marketing messages with integrity, and basically improve all communication. Perfect. Lisa, thank you so much. It's been fantastic speaking with you again, and I really do want you to come back. I think this is such an important book, such an important message, And you know what I would really like is for whoever is listening to this, once you've gotten the book and you start going down some of those different modalities, kind of like I mentioned with with tapping, it didn't work for me at all. I didn't understand it. I still don't understand it. So now that I've decided that that was my issue with it, I'm going to go back and look at it. But there are so many different things that you touched on in the book that we didn't have an opportunity here. So, you know, let's definitely do that. And before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us on iTunes and anywhere else you consume your business podcast. The truth is, you cannot throw a stick on the Internet without hitting your partner in Success Radio. So find us and take us along on your success journey. Lisa, again, thank you. Thank you. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, Contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.